Anyways, I know tomorrow also, uh, you won't be listening to this when this comes out, but tomorrow Starbucks is giving away their free cup of the year for the holidays, their Christmas cup in the morning. Limited supplies. Oh, the like paper cup? No, it's like a reusable free cup they give out every year. All the Starbucks? Yeah. Yep. I guess their Halloween one glowed in the dark. Yeah, I guess they've been doing like a seasonal thing with them. It's kind of fun. Is it glowed or glue? Glows. Glows in the dark. It doesn't glue in the dark. Or glued in the dark. Well, you said glowed. It glowed. Yeah, it glowed in the dark. Is past, yes. Is it glowed? Glows. It ain't glued. It's not a goose and geese thing. <laughs> no, I know, but it, it would be like glow <coughs> and in the past it glue. No, it's like swim, swam, swum. Exactly. That's what I'm asking. But it's not like swim, swam, swum. <laughs> say, <laughs> say swim, swam, swum for it. Is swum even a word? Yeah, I swum yesterday. No, you swam yesterday. I swum to the river. Nobody swum. Oh, I swam down the river, I guess. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F F Yeah Yeah Disney. Disney. Hey, 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 what's happening? Welcome to episode 26 of F Yeah Disney. How the hell are you doing today? We are recording this on November 5th, 2020, just two days removed from the mess that is the presidential election, and eight days until we embark on our honeymoon where we are staying at the Kidani Villas at the Animal Kingdom Lodge for eight days and seven nights. In a Savannah Room deluxe studio. How about that? We're Savannah not, View, sorry. Hum- humble brag. Uh, but with all that being said, we are excited to be back after having a lot of fun producing our recent two-part series on the Haunted Mansion, which we hope you enjoyed. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording that. I spent roughly 35 hours-ish uh, putting those two episodes together for an hour-long episode. Uh, but besides the honeymoon chatter, we're going to get into the recent Disney news, mostly bad news, uh, some of the current food offerings, and also how you can help us help the cast members who have lost their roles with Disney as we begin to head into the holidays. I just want to let you know that my news is not bad news. There's like one bad news and everything else is good. So. Uh, uh, well, it's good news for us, but for California, they're, they're in some shit right now. So with all that, I think it's time for me to bring in my beautiful co-host, Miss Julie Murphy. And don't worry, honey, I will not use your government name. Har, har, har. <laughs> so how you doing, honey? Catch your breath yet? It's been I'm a great. crazy week. I know, it was. To keep myself busy and preoccupied, I made a billion masks for my family. You can find those on Etsy at, what's your Etsy? Murph Holzer Design Co. We'll put a link in the show notes for you because Julia has been a busy bee uh, back here at the old uh, humble abode making masks, keeping her family and friends safe. Yep. And the rest of you. Yeah. If you're interested. Which we will be getting into uh, a little bit later on as we talk about again uh, the fellow cast members that are out there that do not have jobs right now. It's some, some shitty times. 
But uh, yeah, so babe, uh, we have some delicious, yummy dessert dish uh, beer we are drinking on this evening. I uh, want to give another shout out to our friends over at Descent Brewing over in St. Pete, Florida for allowing us to try their tasty annual pass holder beer, which you can uh, find at their website and all the information there on our last episode. What was that? 23, I guess. If we're counting 24 and 25 for the Haunted Mansion episodes. But anywho, what's this yummy beer we're drinking on, babe? It is called Nutter Cup. Um, it is a beer that is made by Brew Link Brewing Company that is in Plainfield, Indiana. Not sponsored. It is a chocolate peanut butter porter. And uh, we're getting into the cooler months. <laughs> um, we did have a nice little cold front, though. We got to open the windows and keep the door open a little bit. And uh, I actually wore a sweatshirt outside one of the nights i'm wearing so, my hoodie right now in the house yeah you're crazy it's a thousand degrees i'm like sweating my balls off oh, i'm so comfy but i decided it was time for a porter instead of you know those summer citrus beers so this is one of our favorites and i think i don't know if it was the first episode that we were recorded or it was definitely one of the earlier ones that yeah. you were drinking this and i was up in massachusetts missing out it's but, delicious uh, it's super yummy hey you know what honey it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. At Walt Disney World. It is. I'm talking about that in my oh episode. God. I mean, in my... It's incredible how fast it goes from Halloween to Christmas. It's interesting because I remember when I was in Disney in 2013. I was there from the 30th to November 6th or something like that. It was like a Friday to a Friday or a Friday to a Saturday. I think I flew out Saturday morning. But it was Halloween was the last day of fall decorations. No. It was the last Christmas party, but I think it stayed fall decorations. Halloween party. Yeah, but I think it stayed fall decorations through November 6th or 7th. And then it was Christmas decorations because I remember... Being in Hollywood Studios for the last year of the Osborne lights. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. But not seeing them because I went to a Orlando Magic <laughs> Celtics game at the Amway Center. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, because we were in the parks on the 7th and the 8th was the first lighting. And I should have, but I didn't. I was there for the last weekend of that. Not the last night, but the last weekend. It was... I cried. <laughs> well, that would have been the first night of the last year. Yeah. So we weren't there at the same time. Yeah. Mm -mm. How funny would that have been, though? Yeah. But yeah, typically I know they, uh, over the years, having gone there and, and been there uh, working. Were you in Disney working in 2013? Yep. Were you doing Hot Shop stuff then? No. Okay. No, I was in Epcot. Then I did not Maybe I was you. in Disney. I think I was in Downtown Disney still. No. When it was I, still I, Downtown Disney. I remember going and seeing one of the... Christmas tree trails? No, one of the the hot shop workers. Oh, I remember watching one of those. Yeah, I was in down. Then. I was in downtown Disney because then in middle of 2014, I went to Epcot for two and a half years. But anyways, so typically they'll leave the the decorations up for the Halloween parties, which usually go through no end of first of November. The first of November, but this was through the seventh. Right, and, and I think Christmas this decorations didn't go up to the eighth. And I think this year they they were able to though because for one they had like minimal amount of stuff up. 
and you know they don't have all the projections and the stuff in the windows and the pump like last year they had like four million pumpkins up and down main street you know and like none of that was out this year well yeah but last year november 1st was the last christmas party i don't even think last year i think last year the last halloween party was on halloween and then november 1st it was christmas it but wasn't a hundred percent set right. up for christmas but like the tree yeah, that's, was, that's what i was gonna the say the tree was up yeah, the tree typically goes up. I know that they take their time. And I'm kind of wondering, because I, I usually, when I was backstage, I would see like the pallets upon pallets upon pallets of poinsettias that nice to like get all wet inside, you know, my pants on the way in the backstage there to... Yeah, that's Amy's favorite too. Seeing it all. This, I mean, like thousands upon thousands. It's just amazing. And then all of a sudden they're in the parks, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. So we'll be getting some more talks about what's happening in our To Infinity and Your Mom segment. Uh, before that, we're going to get into our This Day in Disney History. And then after our To Infinity and Your Mom, um, after To Infinity and Your Mom, we're going to get into our honeymoon chit-chat. We're not going to like share like the full itinerary, but we want to just kind of sh- give you some insights on what we actually had to go through. It's Be- been quite the ordeal. Yeah, because we, we actually made these... And this- by we, he means what Julie went through. Yes, and I was here to support her and listen to the uh, background soundtrack of the being on hold for Disney for 20 hours. Well, we uh, slept on our mattress in the middle of the living room. You'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> it's been fucking crazy. And thank God it's been settled in and uh, we're stoked about it all. And then after that, we're going to get into our What the Forky Food segment where Julie has a little fun uh, green treat to talk about that just got released. And I am a little upset about it myself. I have a hot take that I want to share. Yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of holiday treats that are out there now, but I don't want to talk about that until after our honeymoon when we've had a chance to actually try some of them because I feel like we'll have a better insight instead of me just reading off the list on the yeah. Disney food website, Disney yep. Parks blog website. And now having worked at uh, the Kingdom now for the last two days, all I've wanted to do is go to the bakery and get everything they have. The confectionery or Starbucks? Yeah, the confectionery. Well, Starbucks too because they had that fucking cupcake. Isn't that where that cupcake is? I don't know. Anyways, I know tomorrow also, uh, you won't be listening to this when this comes out, but tomorrow Starbucks is giving away their free cup of the year for the holidays, their Christmas cup in the morning. Limited supplies. Oh, the like paper cup? No, it's like a reusable free cup they give out every year. All the Starbucks? Yeah. Yep. I guess their Halloween one glowed in the dark. Yeah, I guess they've been doing like a seasonal thing with them. It's kind of fun. Is it glowed or glue? Glows, glows in the dark. It doesn't glue in the dark. Or glued in the dark. Well, you said glowed. It glowed. Yeah, it glowed in the dark. Is past, yes. Is it glowed? Glows. It ain't glued. It's ain't a goose and geese thing. <laughs> no, I know, but it, it would be like glow <coughs> and in the past it glue. No, it's like swim, swam, swum. Exactly. That's what I'm asking. But it's not like swim, swam, swum. <laughs> say, <laughs> say swim, swam, swum for it. Is swum even a word? Yeah, I swum yesterday. No, you swam yesterday. I swum to the river. Nobody swum. Oh, I swam down the river, I guess. Anyways, we're we're rambling. It's swam. <laughs> so it's time for us to get into our first segment, uh, this day in Disney history, which we'll be covering from November 8th until the 14th. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think it would. <laughs> and now it's time for this week in Disney history, going from November 8th until the 14th. Uh, but because I wanted to share this special thing that happened on November 1st, 2013, I'm going backwards in time. 
And that is Tony Baxter is honored with a window on Disneyland's Main Street, USA. Baxter's window, located above the Main Street Magic Shop, reads, Main Street Marvel's Tony Baxter Inventor. And then in quotes it says, Imagination is in the heart of our creations. And here's some background on Tony, which I uh, had to share because I didn't want to just give you that. I want to tell you more about this guy because he is a huge part of the reason we love Disney so much. Uh, for 47 years, Tony Baxter worked within the Walt Disney World Company and contributed to the theme parks abroad. His keen sense for imagination and unique ability to bring these ideas to life made him one of the most influential Imagineers within the ranks of the Disney Company. Disneyland opened when Tony was just eight years old, and he has been interested ever since. Before being hired for the ice cream shop on Main Street, he was given a tour at Disney Imagineering, which influenced him to change his course direction in school, focusing on stage production instead of landscape architecture. While working his way up within Disney, he eventually moved from his role in the ice cream shop into becoming a ride attendant. At this time, while in school, Tony's senior project became the key element that captured the eye of Imagineering after he created a concept for a Mary Poppins ride. A friend with connections to Imagineering shared this project with WED, which is the Walt Disney uh, Imagineering, what they used to be called, and soon after invited Tony back for a second tour. On this tour, he was shown the inner workings of this branch of Disney, which then led him to change his career path entirely focusing on his key to becoming a Disney Imagineer. Eventually, Tony was hired by WED and after 24 years moved his way up in the company, eventually becoming Senior Vice President of Creative Development in Walt Disney Imagineering. During his tenure at Imagineering, Tony was involved in the development of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland, Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris, and remodeling Fantasyland and Tomorrowland in Disneyland. Amongst those is also credited for designing and helped developing the Journey to Imagination ride at Epcot, which was that version was open from 1983 to 1999, uh, New Fantasyland at Disneyland, like we just mentioned, the Disney Gallery at Disneyland, uh, Star Tours at Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, MGM, now Hollywood, and also uh, Disneyland Paris, uh, Splash Mountain at Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, and Magic Kingdom, the Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. New Tomorrowland over at Disneyland, Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage at Disneyland, the Sleeping Beauty Castle Walkthrough at Disneyland, the updated version, and Star Tours The Adventure Continues at Disney Hollywood Studios, Disneyland Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris. Uh, in 2013, in a ceremony at D23 in Anaheim, California, Baxter was inducted as a Disney legend. And then a few months later, in November of 2013, on November 1st, Baxter received the honor of having his name appear on the Main Street USA windows at Disneyland. So as you can see why I wanted to get into that, because he is uh, a major component for uh, current Disney fun and entertainment that we all enjoy now these days. All right, November 8th, 1973. Disney's 21st animated feature film, Robin Hood, is released in theaters. The film features the voices of Brian Bedford as Robin Hood a, Robin Hood a Fox. I watched this recently. Did you? Phil Harris as Little John, Andy Devine as Friar Tuck, the Badger, Monica Evans as Maid Marian, Peter Ustinoff as Prince John and King Richard, and George Lindsay and Ken Curtis as Vulture's Trigger and Nutsy. Produced and directed by Wolfgang Reitherman, the film is released by Buena Vista Distribution. Some 350,000 drawings were made for the production with over 100,000 painted cells and 800 painted backgrounds. Oh, I lied. You're talking about the animated version? Yeah. I'm talking about the real live people uh, version. With Kevin Costner? That no. Dude, he's a douche. The one that happened in like 1930s. Oh, with uh, Earl uh, Earl Flynn? 
I don't know. That's but I was uh, a guest host on Grown Up Kids, which is a podcast that Megan and Katie did, where they were watching all the Disney movies and talking about them in order from the beginning. Mm, nice. It will earn an Academy Award nomination for the song Love, written by George Bruns and Floyd Huddleston. Uh, and George George Bruns is not to be George con- George Bruns is not to be uh, confused with George Burns. <laughs> November 9th, nineteen ninety four, Disneyland closes the turnstiles at the end of this day on one of its oldest and most popular attractions, the Skyway, a gondola lift attraction. Skyway, opened since June 1956, is closed due to stress cracks and the enormous impending cost to retrofit it for earthquake safety. Built by Ron Vol Limited, based in Bern, Switzerland, it was the first Von Trull-type 101 aerial ropeway in the USA. And then exactly five years later in 1999, on that same date of November 9th, the Skyway at Florida's Magic Kingdom carries its last guest. Last guest. Carries its last guest. I'm so glad you read that first. <laughs> It had been a popular attraction ever since Walt Disney first opened in 1971. A popular attraction. It's po- very popular. Uh, we used to call it the Death Buckets. Technically, two attractions, Skyway to Fantasyland and Skyway to Tomorrowland. The Skyway was built by Ron Vol of Bern, Switzerland as well, which built similar sky rides for over 100 amusement parks, theme parks, and exposition grounds, including Disneyland, like we talked about earlier. Did he do the Skyliner that's in Kennedy Lake Park in Massachusetts? Nope, uh, it's in New Hampshire. I don't know. I think they did the one at Bush Gardens back in the day, too, in, in Tampa. Uh, but there was lots of things I remember as a kid hearing and always being afraid of, like, putting my hand out because I heard someone had gotten their hand cut off once. I heard someone got decapitated. I heard a kid fell out. Um, you know, all, all kind of stuff. Because uh, you can go up there and make out with your girlfriend. It was very nice. I did that with a couple different girlfriends not throughout my life, honey. Aren't you jealous? Just means you're super old. It does. <laughs> uh, but the one that went into uh, Fantasyland is now the most decorated bathrooms in all of Walt Disney World. Just want a ride. I want more than a bathroom. Hey, but they have some pretty cool things around there. I, I like. Yeah. It. Okay. So let's just talk about how these bathrooms were amazing, and then they added seating air seating where it was amazing, and then they extended the Small World queue into this bathroom scene. So now I have nothing tangled, basically. The queue is not in there. And that's, that's the problem. It was. It was. It's not anymore. They had to redo it because it was a pain in the ass and it was a complete clusterfuck for but strollers. But they still put seating yeah. where there wasn't seating and where there used to be the beautiful lantern you know why? photo because op. And now the lantern photo op is where freaking Peter Pan is. Honey, I'm trying to say words. I don't give two shits. I'm trying to explain this to you. But so that's why I can't have beautiful honeymoon pictures there. They don't give a fuck about your honeymoon. All they care about is it going on Peter Pan in a small world. It's not even that. It's people sitting because they got food from like Caribbean. No, dude. They're th- think about Arbor it. House How many families do you know that go to Small World? Where probably two thirds of them don't want to go on that fucking ride because they can't stand the goddamn song. Well, tough shit. Get out of my bathrooms. So they go sit by the fountain and they get a little breathes. There's no fountain over there. There's thing. also a Pokemon There's gym. A I just go there and raid all the time. On my breaks. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're getting completely sidetracked. Uh, but that being said, we're actually going to be getting, uh, which we had mentioned about a year ago, <laughs> uh, we're going to be releasing our first episode on the expansion of New Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom, which includes... You haven't released that yet? No. Oh. Uh, which includes uh, talk about the Skyway and the history of that and uh, the Tangled Bathrooms. So stay tuned for more information down the road. Uh, November 10th, 2006. 
Festival of the Masters, an exhibit of 200 award-winning national and local fine artists, kicks off at downtown Disney, west side in Florida. Uh, Festival of the Masters is a nationally recognized art show, which is ranked among the, the country's best outdoor <laughs> art festivals. The festival there uh, actually eventually was canceled uh, when they redid Disney Springs. So they used to hold, I think they did one more year, they did down by uh, the building that is Cirque du Soleil, where, uh, where the House of Blues is right there. Uh, they did side, like sidewalk chalk and some cool shit. Uh, but then they canceled it completely, and then they started the Festival of Arts at Epcot. And uh, it was, I missed it. I missed the old seeing all the cool art. Uh, I know they eventually, I guess they actually brought the Festival of Masters to Epcot before they did the Festival of Arts, now that I'm thinking about it. They did it for about two-ish years, maybe. And then they expanded it out to actually doing a festival because they needed something to fill in the space between the holidays and uh, spring break and all that stuff. Like Flower Garden starting, you know. Festival of the Arts? Yeah, that's what they did. That's why they did it as a filler. Yeah, and the first year was a clusterfuck. November 11th, 1992. My favorite film of Disney. Uh, the animated feature Aladdin. Aladdin. Featuring the voice of Robin Williams and the song A Whole New World has its world premiere. Aladdin is about a street smart young thief in the mythical city of Agrabah, not Azkaban, who meets and falls in love with the Sultan's beautiful daughter named Jasmine. Remember that one, honey? I do. I made an amazing podcast image for it. Yeah. It'll become the highest grossing animated film up to that time. Aladdin will win an Academy Awards for Best Song, A Whole New World, and Best Original Score. And again, that was November 11th, 1992. And then that came out on VHS, and I sat uh, in my living room every day after high school and watched it for my 18th birthday over and over and over and over and over. That's what I do with The Lion King and over and over and over and over. November 12th, 2007. Walt Disney World ushers in the holiday season with this year's debut of Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at the Magic Kingdom. Also at the Magic Kingdom, a dazzling new lighting spectacle which transforms the iconic Cinderella Castle into a glimmering, shimmering ice palace debuts. They call those the uh, fantasy lights, which they do not have this year, which I am a little depressed about. Kitty was just getting mesmerized by my... Headphone cable. Mm. Uh, over at MGM Studios at the time, which we like to call it MGM still, the Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights returns to light up the streets. Yeah. Not the spectacle. The spectacle. Uh, lights up the streets of America backlot while Mickey's Jingle Jungle Parade steps off at Disney's Animal Kingdom. The Jingle what? The Jingle Jungle Parade. All things. Remember when you used to rope drop and there used to be a little show at the beginning? Yeah. I rope dropped Animal Kingdom once and there was a little show. They used to have the da da at Magic Kingdom. Ba da ba ba da da da. And they had like everybody out front and they were clapping and shit and they did the whole show. Yep. But then it turned into the Fairy Godmother Good Morning show they do on the castle. What? And all the princesses would come out, and the fairy godmother would come out and say, "Bibbidi bobbidi boop, start your day," and then she would wish everybody a happy magical day in the kingdom. I've never seen either of those. Yeah, well, they're not going right now, I don't think, because of COVID. So, anyways, um, yeah, that was some uh, magical, fun Christmas time. And uh, last year we did a s- uh, series or one episode actually on the history of Christmas and the holidays in general at the Disney parks that you should check out. We'll have a link for that in show notes. November 13th, 1984. Even though he first appears on screen on June 9th, 1934, 
Donald Duck's 50th birthday celebration appeared on a CBS special, The Magical World of Disney. Donald is shown in both animated and costume form, interacting with MC Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, Family Guy episode where they had the censors took over everything and they had, it was the beep van beep show? <laughs> so, <laughs> right? You just got... <laughs> Uh, so good. I love Seth MacFarlane. Uh, but uh, with MC Dick Van Dyke and such guests as Edward Asner, Cloris Leachman, and John Ratner. Cloris? Jo- Cloris Leachman and R- John Ritter. Cloris? Yeah, Cloris Reed Leachman. Cloris? Is that her name? Yeah, Cloris Leachman. You don't remember the old lady? Cloris? Yeah, didn't she? Wasn't she uh, like Lamb Chop or some shit? She did the puppet. Who was that lady? Remember Lamb Chop, the puppet? Sherry Lewis? Say who that was? But Cloris Leachman, I remember she had like an old crazy, like she smoked like four packs of cigarettes a day kind of voice. Like I think she was, That's I remember. Her name. I remember seeing her on TV. What's that? That did. Uh, Cloris. Yeah. Uh, a little background on Donald too. Uh, so Donald's first appearance was in The Wise Little Hen, June 9th, 1934. But it was his second appearance in Orphan's Benefit that introduced him as a temperamental comic foil to Mickey Mouse. Throughout the next two decades, Donald appeared in over 150 theatrical films, several of which were recognized at the Academy Awards. In the 1930s, he typically appeared as part of the comic trio with Mickey and Goofy, and was given his own film series starting with Don Donald in 1937. These films introduced Donald's love interest and permanent girlfriend, Daisy Duck, and often included his three nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. After the film Chips Ahoy in 1956, Donald appeared primarily in educational films before eventually returning to theatrical animation in Mickey's Christmas Carol in 1983. And by educational films, I think they refer to the films that uh, at the time Walt actually created for the military. And they use Donald a lot in those uh, as like a soldier. And Which doesn't make sense to me because he's Hitler. impossible to understand. Uh, his last appearance in a theatrical film was in Fantasia 2000 in 1999. However, since then, Donald has appeared in direct-to-video features such as Mickey, Donald, Goofy, The Three Musketeers in 2004, television series such as The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which ran from 2006 to 2016, and video games such as Quackshot in 1991 and Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I love using Donald in Kingdom Hearts. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, Donald's an interesting character, that is for sure. And last but not least, November 14th, 1965. Walt and Roy Disney and other company executives arrive in Tallahassee, Florida for the next day's official press conference in Orlando to announce the Disney World project. On this evening, the Disney group joins Florida business and political leaders for a reception at the governor's mansion. And uh, if you want to really hear a fascinating story about how uh, Walt came to Florida, uh, but also really the behind the scenes on how they hit it, and how the press was really on this uh, kind of hunt to figure out who the hell was buying property in Orlando because of all the fake groups that they were using, names-wise. Uh, check out the Disney History Institute podcast. Um, he has a great series that he just actually uh, isn't... I'm not sure if he wrapped it up or if he's still talking about it, but so far I believe he has three episodes. And it is super fascinating on the behind-the-scenes on how... Uh, Walt and Roy and the executives within Disney were able to actually uh, hide it. And from what I understand, the the giveaway that kind of uh, leaked out some stuff was some of the Disney executives were buying properties that were in the area close to the properties that Disney was buying. 
and they did it without using other names. So the names were then linked to these properties and people started kind of getting some thoughts and ideas and uh, Disney never actually admitted to it. And then they broke, they went ahead and actually uh, upped the dates for the, pre the press conference because they realized that they better do it before uh, somebody else does. But definitely check out the Disney History Institute podcast. He's got a great show. He's got a sh like some really amazing insights to some history in Disney. And that was This Week in Disney History, going from November 8th until the 14th, with a little bonus of November 1st. Throw it in there. Throwed? Throw it in there. Now it's time for us to get into... Throwed? I throwed it in there, honey. Don't you throw things? Just like you glued in the dark yesterday. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Glue in the dark. It just makes sense. I'm going to Google it. Oh, my God. Well, now it's time for us to get into some current happenings in the world of Disney, since we just talked about some in the past with our next segment, To Infinity and Your Mom. To Infinity and Your Mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To Insanity and a Blonde. What do you even... That's how it goes. Saying. No, that's how it goes. To Immunity and Respond. To Indecency to and... Infrequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's To Infinity and Beyond. Okay, so we are going to start in Disneyland. And recently... California's mayor announced the only way that Disneyland and Universal Studios will be able to open fully, but Disneyland has come up with a really creative alternative to that because they are very strict guidelines that the mayor has put in place. And basically what they're saying is that the counties need to reach minimal yellow tier of the state's reopening guidelines, which is one per every 100,000 people reported for a new case, and the positivity rate of the entire county needs to be less than 2%, which right now is very difficult for Orange County to be able to do because they are in the red tier right now. And it's something like two months that the county needs to remain in the yellow tier before they're going to even be considered for reopening, which is a little crazy. And the mayors of the um, different counties have signed a letter to the governor urging them to open sooner than that because, as we've seen in all the other Disney parks especially, that they are able to abide by guidelines. Disney World is even putting in more restrictions and safety measures mm -hmm. in order to show California that they are able to you know combat this and we haven't seen any outbreaks or anything like that in any of the Disney parks yeah that have been like linked to Disney exactly and <clears throat> so I understand the governor's concern because here in Orange County in Florida I know that I am concerned by how the state has opened up and how many cases we have. And honestly, the only place where I actually feel safe mm. is at Disney World. Yeah. Um, cut out my arm. Mm. So they have signed this letter saying, hey, please open this. One, a million people are 
out of work and by millions i mean you know 28 88,000 people who were furloughed have lost their jobs and especially in california disneyland and california adventure are more local parks anyway Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of international travel coming to visit disneyland and california adventure as there is to disney world so their concerns should be significantly lower than they are in florida but amidst all of that chaos we actually have some some good news because Disneyland has figured out a way to work around that in order to open up California Adventure a little bit. And they're actually bringing in more than 200 furloughed employees. Which is fantastic. Which is huge. Like, I know it's not all of the cast and there are still so many cast members that are out of jobs and it breaks my heart. But it's awesome that Disney is trying their best to figure out a way to bring as many cast members back as they can and i know josh tomorrow was in downtown disney when they initially announced you know the the large bulk of the layoffs and cast members and other people tweeted out and explained how heartbroken he was that he had to let cast members go because that's mm-hmm. not something that they want to do it's not their fault it's not yeah completely yeah. I mean, we could get into how JPEG is taking his full salary again while cast members are furloughed. But <clears throat> yep. in other news. We're not talking but, politics. But that's not politics. It's Disney politics. It's Disney politics, but it's not politics politics. Okay. But Disneyland announced that they are going to be reopening California Adventure. And I say that in quotes. I know you couldn't see me do that, but air I feel quotes. like the, the connotation of my voice symbolized air quotes. They're going to be opening November 19th, and it is going to be for shopping and outdoor dining. So basically the same way California Downtown Disney has opened, where they have shopping and outdoor dining. They're going to do the same thing and California Adventure. And now the difference between California Adventure and Disneyland is California Adventure is more of a restaurant shopping driven park. They have a lot of rides, but between that and Disneyland, they have a larger opportunity to bring more cast back for shopping and dining. And I think it's just awesome that they're able to do that. You can kind of go in, walk around, feel like you're in California Adventure, obviously not taking in the whole experience. But, no, but a lot of people are getting their jobs. I mean, you know how we felt when we went to Disney Springs for the first time, just being back on like Disney property, you know? I cried. Yeah, you did. And I left. Mm-hmm. I cried inside. But, you know, uh, you know, on the topic of it, uh, I'm surprised that they haven't done this sooner. And I don't know if it's... I, I can't say that they weren't allowed to because not like, for instance, Knott's Berry Farms has been holding these food festivals. Same kind of thing. They just have like a small portion of the park opened up. And then on the weekends, it's all it is. You know, so Disney could have done like a special ticket thing where they could have had, you know, like a food and wine festival, festival, which they have normally and just had those booths open and no rides opened up, you know, as a way to get revenue going and generating and then just keep that going until they get the okay. And then all of a sudden, boom, everybody's back to fucking work. And I understand that logic, but I think also Disney's thought process was every single other park has opened their guidelines have worked there haven't been any outbreaks let's see how long it takes california to realize this and open back up and i think that was 
what they were holding back on because it would be obviously better to open completely than what they're doing now. But this is awesome because a significant number of cast members are returning to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And my favorite part of California Adventure is walking around. And I still had never been. So another thing is... Would you take a rapid COVID-19 test to get into Disneyland? Yep. But why no? I mean, we have our temperature seeking anyway. Yeah, but that doesn't tell you what, if you have COVID exactly. exactly. If we're okay with having our temperatures taken, I think we would all be okay with a rapid COVID test. Yeah, but the and thing is, like, what type of COVID test is it? Is it up the nostrils or down the throat? Either way, it sucks, and some people don't like that. I shit. would much prefer up the nose. Well, here's the thing, too. Both. The, the biggest thing you got to worry about with that is HIPAA laws. Because like over in China, they have a QR scanner thing on their phones that tells them if they've tested positive or not, and they have to get those things scanned going into Shanghai, from what I understand. So, and it's part of their their why their numbers are are low, or in some areas are non-existent, you know. But apparently, Universal Studios and Six Flags have conducted surveys to gauge their opinions about rapid COVID nineteen tests. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done it here already. And like the thing is, it's not even HIPAA law because it's you the health professional and it's not like the rest of the world is privy to that information no, you I just know. can't get in the park but i'm just saying like how are they like are they gonna like i mean obviously they're gonna test you in a small room but if they see if the crowd sees you walking one direction to the the exit and everybody else is going to the entrance they're gonna obviously think that you got some fucking covid you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, it's the same with I mean, your temperature taken, too, though. If you cough and in the fucking store, someone thinks you have COVID, or it's my allergies, I don't have COVID, or... Oh, my gosh, my allergies, and I'm, like, sneezing. I'm like, I nose, swear to God! Yeah, nose hair is tickling my fucking nostrils, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Um, I mean, I feel like the way they would do it would have to be discreet in some way. I, I guess it'd be like a, body, like a body check at an airport. You know, they take you to a room. I don't know. It's it's inter- it's an interesting thing. I mean, people are so fighting wearing masks right now. But also, like, it's not like it's herpes. It's not... I hate to say it, AIDS, because there is that still negative energy with both of those. It's not... It's like a really severe form of the flu. Honestly, if I saw someone walking that way instead of into the park, I would know that Disney was doing a good job and actually... Mm-hmm. monitoring who was coming in and out and I would feel safer knowing that I was going into the park with no one that was testing positive. And the thing is, like, Joe Schmo walks by. I don't know his name. I don't know anything about him. It's not like they're like, up oh, James Madison from right Portland, Oregon came down to Florida and his birthday is September 16th, 1989, and he tested positive for COVID. Guys, don't worry. You won't see him in the park. Like, obviously, that's not something that's going to be happening. I understand. But it's still it's still a concern people have. And I understand that. Hey, look, we're rational people. Not everybody that goes to Disney is. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, I've seen it. And last but not least, some levity. Levity. To Disneyland. Mario Lopez says that he once had sex on Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, did he say vaginal intercourse or he got his dick sucked? He said, you know, when you're a teenager, you try to do it wherever you can. I mean, I don't know how... He, that's kind of tricky. I mean, I guess you could sit on my lap. But still, it's Mario Lopez. 
at that point in time, I don't know if he was on Saved by the Bell yet or what he was doing. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, so his reasoning was, it's a long ride. It's very dark. And sometimes they put you on it alone. So I guess if it was a not busy time in the park, I've never been on Pirates of the Kisney. Kisney. What? I've never been on Pirates of the Caribbean and Disney. There we go. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, I was like, where did I get that word from? Now, with COVID... We almost wrote it by ourselves, <laughs> minus yeah. a couple in front of us. Now, now, with COVID, I feel like it's probably easier to do it. And I guess when he was... He's old. He's older than you, so I can say that. He's old. Mm-hmm. So, when he was a teenager, it may have been a day when the park wasn't really that busy. I've never ridden Pirates of the Caribbean Dude, in I, Disneyland or Disney World and I, not had a packed boat. I guarantee Mario Lopez is maybe a year older than me. He's four years older than you. Is he? I'm looking at this article. It says he's 47. Oh, okay. He's three years older than me. He's four years he's older four, than you. I'm yeah. sure he's turning 48 this year, too. I don't know when his birthday is. He but was born October 10th, 1973. So he just turned 47, fine. So he's three years older than you. Either way, he's older than you. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my Disneyland California news. And I know we touched on the letter that the mayors did send to the governor in hopes of getting things changed so that they can't open the theme parks. And Jason is going to read that for you guys right now. Yeah, so eight uh, mayors from around the vicinity of Anaheim uh, all basically penned a letter heading to Governor Newsom. Uh, it was the mayor of Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Jose, uh, uh, Fresno, Bakersfield, Riverside, and Santa Ana. So Orange County. Yep. Uh, and uh, part of this letter said, The guidelines put forth by your administration were released within the framework of prioritizing public health and safety for guests and employees. This is the right focus. However, economic and public economic and public health are not mutually ex- However, economic and public health are not mutually exclusive goals. We are concerned that the state's guidelines would push reopening of a large theme park up to a year out, which would have significant negative impacts on hundreds of thousands of jobs, thousands of small businesses, and billions in operating revenue for the city. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to urge uh, Gavin Newsom to uh, show them and share what his actual science is that he has received uh, through working with his local officials in there, the health officials, um, so they can kind of compare notes and see really why Governor Newsom is being so uh, very specific about not letting them open this park. And like we said, you know, I, I, Florida has the theme parks here. I think they're doing a great job. I mean, they've gone above and beyond, if anything. And they actually flew out. Uh, some of the governor's people came out to uh, Florida about two weeks ago, I think it was. And they toured the parks just so they could see in person what it is that's actually happening uh, within Disney here at Florida. And like I said, I think everything that Disney is doing is above and beyond uh, what anybody would expect. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. And like Jason said, Disney World and the other Disney parks are doing the right thing and following strict guidelines and they're successful. So while I do not agree 
with Florida's governor opening up the entire state willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Willy-nilly. He's uh, Willie Nelson's cousin. I do believe that Disneyland and even Universal Studios can open safely. Do I think the whole state should open up? No. But I think Disney has proven, and even though the state has completely opened up, Disney still has guidelines in place because they understand the severity of of the virus, unlike the governor, and are doing their part to limit exposure and limit the spread. And I think they're being really responsible and doing an incredible job. Mm -hmm. So that is why I feel like Disneyland in California should open. Yep. However, I think the way that they're doing this is smart. They're kind of going to open a little bit, going to show the governor what they can do and that things can be handled in a responsible manner. Yeah. And I think the fact that... Maybe like tickles balls a little bit. You know? Yeah, I think the fact that Disneyland has come up with this alternative is a good way to show and where Disney World is increasing their safety measures. They should have done this shit months ago. I mean, I know things were on fire, so maybe they didn't because of that, but, you know. Yeah, and it's it's tough because, like I said, I feel like they wanted to just open completely, so that's kind of why they hesitated, but this is kind of... After they heard what the governor said, this is their answer to it almost. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, cool. This is what you're saying, but we're going to do this and it's going to be successful. And then you're going to be able to reassess things. Yeah. Like they're like, hey, cool, man. We're happy that you've put these things in and to keep the families and the people safe in the state. However. In other news. So I do have some sad news about Disneyland Paris. But I'm going to start with some good news about Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris is building one of the largest solar canopies in Europe. And it will span 42 acres. Wow, that's pretty rad. I did not know about that. Will be in the shape of Mickey? I do not know, but it is slated to open in 2023, which is pretty cool. Nice. And uh, it's actually pretty awesome because they are using canopies over parking spaces, which is what the Natick Mall did up north. Where I live, on the top floor of the parking deck, they actually added solar panels, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very smart. But it says it will use 67,500 solar panels, and it will lead a reduction of more than 750 tons of CO2 per year. And this COVID has been proof to everybody in the world that doesn't believe it, that Carbon emissions fuck with the earth. Yeah. Global warming is a big issue. When things are shut down, carbon emissions are reduced. Yeah, like Italy's having the cleanest water they've had in like a century. Yeah, they had dolphins in the freaking Venice waters. Pretty insane. In sad Disney Paris news, France enters another lockdown. Yeah, the whole country. Jeez. They had 54,000 cases last weekend, which prompted them to shut down again, which understandably, if you have that in a weekend span, yeah. makes sense. And well, some scary shit. I do not agree with certain things that are happening in the United States. France is a lot smaller in mm-hmm. size. So if there are that many it's like New York shutting down. Basic, yeah. If there are that many cases in such small space, it makes sense for them to 
shut down. Like, obviously, Montana's not going to shut down because New York has yeah. 100,000 cases in a day. Not that they do. Just an example. Mm. But they are temporarily closing in France, and they are hoping to open back up on December 19th through January 3rd for just the holiday period, and then closing back up from January 4th to February 12th. And, of course, that is obviously based on how well this lockdown goes yep. and, you know, things like that. But... Yeah, they don't want to be a super spreader because of uh, two weeks of Christmas in the parks. Exactly. But imagine going to France, to Paris, to Disney when it's snowing in that park. That's like that's like one of my dreams of all time is to Me too. go to a Disney park when it snows. And we may get it in Florida this year. It was my prediction that December's fucking craziness. Well, it's going to f- snow in Florida. So the only reason why I feel like this might actually be a thing is I don't remember it being this cold this early last year. One. Here? Yeah. Yeah, last year was a warm year. Yeah. Two, hurricane season. Was crazy. This year, forget the beginning of hurricane season. I understand that hurricane season technically goes through, what, the middle of November? November 24th, The end of November. We don't really see that many hurricanes in Florida in November, even tropical storms. It's more in the Gulf and the that's, Caribbean. But that's the thing is, like, there's that's when we see a lot of ones. The ones that come up and fuck us up are the ones in November. But there, it was like, what, October 15th was the last last year that was that bad? So the fact that we are still dealing with hurricane, tropical storms, tropical depressions, whatever yeah, it is right now. coming this way? Yeah. So they're saying it's a tropical, not even a tropical depression at this point, but that it might strengthen again mm-hmm. before it comes to Florida. But the fact that we're seeing it this late in the season, because Amy and I come down every year. Around this time, mm-hmm. a little bit later, and never have issues with hurricanes ever. It's usually like a couple of weeks before. Even in October, we came like October 15th to 23rd one year, whatever it was. That's an extensive trip. It was not that long, but it was close. And it was a September hurricane that caused people to reschedule for the time that we were there. And it was beautiful weather while we were there. It was even cool. So I think... We might. I hope we do. Oh, I hope we get snow because I don't get to go up north again for Christmas this year. So I hope we get snow. But yes, visiting Disneyland Paris in the snow just feels real magical because snope is not the same. No, it tastes bad. So does yellow snow. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's lemon. Yeah. Usually not. That was my Monsters, Inc. reference. Oh, nice. I didn't even know that was from that. Wow. Oh, yes. Also, you've never been to Disneyland, but in Disneyland, they have the abominable, like, snow cone stand. Nice. And the, it's lemon, lemon snow cone. Nice. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, hopefully, things work out for Disneyland Paris, and they'll be able to open for the holiday yeah. season. Fingers but crossed. I think it's pretty smart of France to <clears throat> close, considering how many cases in such a small area and i know the last lockdown was more paris and things like that i know this one was spread out around the whole country so that's why they're taking it really seriously this time Mm -hmm. moving on to shanghai moving on shanghai disney resort launches new shanghai disneyland for senior citizens to enjoy a new season of magic super cool so the senior passes are valid most weekdays from october 26th 
sorry we're a little late on this to january 22nd 2021 and it was actually in anticipation of the upcoming but probably past now double ninth festival and it is designed for guests ages 65 and older hmm. interesting i think it's pretty cool and it allows guests to enjoy multiple entries to the theme parks throughout the holiday season that's pretty neat and <clears throat> and sales for these began on october 25th yeah so say, I, I just think this yeah. is super cool as a as an option yeah i think it's great i'm sure it's a little less expensive because again the whole family goes so they like you know might as well give grandma and grandpa a better deal because it says all guests are still required to make a reservation by submitting their visitation date and personal information to obtain a Shanghai Disneyland reservation QR code prior to their arrival at the park's main entrance. There you go, the QR code. They are on it. In other Shanghai news, oh, Disney great. has released an official, I guess it's called a Ride and Learn video, focusing on Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean. So I know that we've all seen the ride-along videos that people have done. All in Mandarin. Yeah, but it seems pretty freaking amazing. Oh, it's incredible. You know, as a shitty, like, 8-bit video, I know it's not that bad quality. But Disney actually released one on their own, and it's pretty fucking incredible. Did you finally watch it? Because I know you were like, no, I'm not watching that ride. I want to see it in person. You haven't watched it yet. She's shaking her head now. That was silent. I don't care. I just told the world that it's amazing. Yeah, because it is. I can vouch for it. You know it's amazing because you know the ride's amazing. Because I'm looking at the quality of this video and it's way better than the one that we watched. Because you made me watch it. Yeah. And this video quality is a thousand times better. Nice. That's not what I said. I said I don't want to watch Tron. Oh yeah, that's what it was. But I have seen this video and it's in incredible yeah it's it's pretty cool and it's i like that they did a different version of the ride more modern with what's happening and then like use some serious new badass technology like just it's incredible it's insane it's incredible yeah. moving to hong kong hong kong hong kong disneyland reveals its opening date for the reimagined castle Oh, that thing is looks like a giant crazy sandcastle. Wings like, you know. Oh, I thought you meant like. Not like. Caca, caca. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland is launching its 15th anniversary celebration. And it is launching it with the opening of the reimagined Castle of Magical Dreams. And that is happening on November 21st. Nice. It's coming up real soon. The day after our honeymoon ends and the day we pick up Pua. Oh, Pua. Cute. Or to my mother, Pooh. Yeah. Because my mother told me that she would call our cat Pooh and then sent a poop emoji. She should just call her Poo-Poo. That's what I'm going to call her. We got Pixie Kitty and Poo-Poo. <laughs> but no pumpkin. Nope. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh this castle's finally open. They've been teasing it 
a little bit forever. I think we've talked about it on the podcast like three times because yeah. there's no other news well, in Hong Kong Disneyland right now. Yeah, like when we first started the podcast, we actually were talking about the initial concepts of it, and they hadn't even started doing the the redoing of it yet. Yeah, it was just the there was scaffolding up on it, but it, they hadn't actually started the yeah the castle itself. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm stoked for them. They got a lot of big growth and expansions happening there, and I'm sure some things have been put on hold. Uh, because of COVID, but you know they're still getting their all their Marvel campus and all that stuff that got going on. It's pretty neat. It's like hey. the biggest the biggest expansion in the history of that park. Kind of how New Fantasyland was for Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I'm still watching you, even though I'm recording right now. Next at Hong Kong Disney, Michael Moriarty is taking the reins of Hong Kong Disney as the new managing director, which will take place during. The 15th anniversary celebration. Hmm, nice. And I guess he actually came over from Hasbro. Oh, interesting. So I think that's super awesome. Does he have experience in Hong Kong or was he... Uh, didn't say. Yes, he worked in Hasbro in Hong Kong. Okay. He was the managing director of Hasbro Far East and senior vice president of global sourcing. Cool. That's pretty cool. I yeah. wonder if he speaks Mandarin. Some kind of Chinese. Uh, his role will become effective on December 27th of 2020. So not during the opening day celebrations, but amidst the 50th, anniver- 15th anniversary celebration. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he's going to bring any uh, toy experience there for marketing and merchandising. The way that old uh, Shapec is done. I mean... Does Hong Kong really need it? They have some awesome stuff. Yeah. Not as awesome as Tokyo Disney stuff, though. Not as awesome as the Beauty and the Beast popcorn bucket. <sighs> I want that so bad. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. If you know what we're talking about, then you know. If you don't, Google it. <clears throat> Maybe we'll find it and share a picture with you. Let's see. Uh, so moving on to Tokyo Disney, they the Tokyo Disney Resort operator is logging its is longing its first annual net loss. Interesting. I mean, it's it's understandable. They were closed for... They weren't as closed as long as Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney World, but... But, I mean, they closed earlier and opened earlier. I mean, it's... Yeah, it I guess all about it's the same, about the same, t- same, yeah. same time. Six in one hand. But the, nes- the net loss was uh, 51.11 billion yen for the fiscal year 2020. Hmm. Does it say what U.S. that is? No. I'm going to look it up right now. But they made a profit of 62.217 billion yen the previous year, so they're still up in theory, if that makes sense. So 51 million yen is equivalent to approximately uh, $493,162,350. And in other Tokyo Disney news... Tokyo Disney Resort is only accepting dated tickets purchased online and has discontinued their annual pass holder admissions lottery. Yeah, and some annual pass holders in California are concerned that Disney may cancel annual pass holder tickets. Which to help them bring for back revenue. Disneyland makes sense because it is more of a locals park. But I don't know that that will help them because 
It's I'm a liberal's not, park. I'm not hopping on a plane to California right now. Uh, exactly. They would shoot themselves in the foot because just because annual pass holders may not go there and spend a ton of money on They're still going to eat. They're still going to buy merchandise they yeah, haven't been beers. in forever. Yeah, exactly. They're still going to be spending money. Yeah. I know that I have spent more in Disney since reopening as an annual pass holder than I did before as an annual pass holder. Yeah. 100%. And we are going to wrap up with Disney World because nice. there's some actual good news in Disney World and I just want to finish on a good note. Hallelujah, Mickey Mouse. I'm not sure that that's how that goes, but... Works for me. Hallelujah. All right, so the first good news in Disney World is that the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster has taken a big step forward. Oh, tell us more. Obviously, construction shut down because of the pandemic and yada, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But we have just seen the actual ride coasters. I don't know if they're called coasters. What are they called? The ride? The, the ships? The vehicles, if you will. So I know that when... No, this was even pre-COVID. Yeah, when they showed like the initial vehicle itself no it wasn't it was a photo pass and this was back oh in yeah yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I did it in november yeah we did it with the and kids. i actually looked tan next to amy but yeah so they had a virtual mock-up <clears throat> of the ride that you could take a photo pass picture with and it looked like you were riding the ride and you got to kind of see what the ride vehicle was going to look like but they actually have pictures of the ride vehicles mm. which is cool so they're getting closer and they're on multiple tracks, too, which I think is interesting that it's not just one track that they're on. Well, they're in production right now, so they're sitting on different tracks because they're all being produced. But the Imagineers were inspired by markings that appeared on NASA space shuttles and other spacecrafts upon re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere. For the design? Which, like, reading that now, I can totally see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm looking at it now. It's like, oh, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Because they had like that black soot that gets on the front of the of the nose. But even like the nose itself and the the spray of the yeah. fire, if you will, on the front of on the nose of the so gnarly. the spacecraft is pretty cool. So I'm excited. And it's awesome. And they are socially distanced in the picture as well and mm-hmm. wearing masks, which is super cool. Next Christmas decorations are up at Magic Kingdom. In Disney Springs, they are taking down the fall merchandise in order to put up some Christmas merchandise, mm-hmm. not merchandise, uh, Christmas the decorations. The fall decorations to put up Christmas decorations, which is awesome. And personally, I love the fall decorations in Magic Kingdom, and I feel like it was so short this year. And it may not have been. Ah, no, it, it was. was. It was, it was short. because it was like a month. No, month and a half. I know that normally. It starts in like August because that's when they start the, uh, yeah, because the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party usually starts in August or has been yeah. starting that early. It was middle of September. A couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but I got to, no, it wasn't even. It was October. Yeah, you're right. Like the 13th or something. <sighs> I remember you went early and you didn't get it and you were upset about I it. I think it was the 15th and I went on the 12th. Yeah, something like that. But it was that Tuesday and I believe that Tuesday was the 15th. And yeah, no, it was a super bummer. And it was a super bummer because I knew that I was going to be working Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. 
And no, because we went on September 22nd and it was, I mean, so it was September 15th. But yeah, I was bummed because I knew that I would be working Monday through Friday and would not be able to get a park pass on the weekends because I looked and there were no park passes available on the weekends. So I was super bummed that I wasn't going to get to see Magic Kingdom for Halloween. And it's my favorite time of year. Joe Jam, baby. So I went into like a super deep depression <laughs> at that point. And to the point where we went to Magic Kingdom and I saw the Booty You cavalcade. Mm, cried. And cried twice for both cavalcades because I was that overwhelmed that I got to see it. And it was it was super magical. But, but on that, that note, though, it's one of the reasons that we do this podcast is because we want to bring this Disney magic to those that can't make it right now. And eventually we want to start doing a lot more video for that reason because of the times right now. Because we understand the emotional distress you Connection, have yeah. and, and not being able to go. And then when you go there and you see it, it can be a bit overwhelming. But that being said, Christmas is up, but the parties haven't officially started until... The parties are not starting. Until what happens tomorrow? Disney officially starts their Christmas stuff tomorrow. But... No parties. The parties have been canceled. Yes. I just mean like the Disney and festivities. And the candlelight <coughs> processional has been canceled as well. Yeah. But they're doing a small version of that at the old Izep Kizot. Well, the not small version of it was also at Epcot. So where in Epcot, sir? Uh, the Voices of Liberty are going to be singing on the stage with uh, Mariachi uh, Cabre and... Uh, the uh, Jaminators. Jaminators. Are they doing candlelight processional music and stuff? I don't know. Probably just the songs of the holidays, Christmas stuff. Because then the voices, um, the, um, I know their name, the Glory, Hallelujah, Amazing Grace. What the hell's the name of that group? That sings, the choir that sings on the stage. That used to be on the fountain. Now they're, they're put by the promenade. The big choir. Uh, joy of something. Yes, Joy yeah joy yeah maybe just joy i don't know we should know this it's late anyway i did see them and i saw an amazing harpist dude they're incredible yeah and the harpist but, but they th- used to be in uh not the world showcase but the yeah the promenade the along promenade the area but they're going to be inside the world showplace pavilion where the piano player was singing inside there and awesome because that's to, a lot easier to socially distance right and you know you can go there and get your holiday snizax maybe some uh more frozen yummy uh, cake pops. Maybe they'll have some peppermint candy cane and chocolate mocha cake pops. As yeah. far as I know, I don't believe so. Oh, but anyways, so back to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, so November 6th, tomorrow is when that starts. Tomorrow is November 6th. As we're recording this tomorrow. It's tomorrow Friday? It's actually know. right now. It's 12.09, so it's officially today it starts. Yeah, so starting on November 6th, uh, Disney says, we're looking forward to the holidays, and today we have an update on some of the festive experiences coming to Walt Disney World Resort. Well, like the resort as a whole, like I have a lot of Christmas stuff to talk about with like Epcot's Festival of the Holidays and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, well, I'll, talk to, I'll just share the Magic, the Magic Kingdom stuff. Uh, Magic Kingdom is going to have character cavalcades that will take on a special holiday twist with Christmas friends on festive floats in their holiday finest. Gingerbread men, you ask? Elves and reindeer? Well, the toy soldiers will also be back. So it's the Very Merry Christmas Parade, but tiny cavalcades. Correct. Like so the, the toy soldiers are going to be joining the Main Street Philharmonic as they march down Main the Street. The Philharmagic. 
I want to call it that all the time, but it's the Philharmonic. Um, they're going to be doing some fun projections. Well, the Philharmonic is just the ride. Yes, the show. Uh, they're going to be doing uh, When Night Falls special projection. Look at her butthole. <laughs> She's going to town. Uh, when Night Falls special projection effects will give a festive look to Cinderella's castle this year, providing a colorful backdrop for guest photos. The appearance of the iconic castle will be transformed with a rotating series of designs, including a whimsical Christmas sweater and a regal overlay of red, green, and gold ornamentation. This will be in place of the castle dream lights, which I'm going to miss very much. Ugh, other, so sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, other holiday... Oh, no, it's it's saving some money, though, so I can completely understand. But uh, yeah. seeing the castle decked out in icicles, oh, yep. that was magical. Uh, but then, this, they, then Disney goes on to say, other holiday experiences that draw big crowds will be on hiatus this year as well, such as Mickey, uh, such as Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and Candlelight Processional at Epcot, which we mentioned. As well as probably the Frozen, like, hey, let's turn the castle into yeah. icicles. I think also logistically-wise, they got to start putting lights up in, like, July. They do. They start early, because I know in when Amy and I go in November and even middle the, of the October, they have... Well, they're already on the castle. They're oh, just they're not right. lit yet. Yeah, yeah. I think it also is probably a good idea this year to not do it, though, because they just recently painted it, that I wonder if the paint is so fresh. I know it's had a chance to dry, but I wonder if the paint is so fresh that if they put lights on it, it would ruin the paint job. Yeah, they they, they probably were already going to do the projections thing. Um, I know for a couple of years now over at Hollywood Studios, they do the projections on the Hollywood Tower of Terror, and it's fantastic, like, watching... When I remember standing in line for... Um, Seeing, like, the toy box Rock and Roller Coaster... Yeah, the toy boxes are like when they're all built by little Lincoln logs, and it's it's pretty cool how they're able to do the projections. This, I mean, it's it's beyond cool. I still haven't got a chance to go on Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. I'm excited to see that because it takes projections to a whole another level. But anyways, babe, so that's Magic Kingdom. What's going on in Epcot? You want to share that with us? So in Epcot, they are coming back with the Taste of the Holidays. So it's. Um, the International Festival of the Holidays, but it's the taste of, like they did for the taste of food and wine and flower and garden and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are coming back with the American Holiday Table. In America, obviously. The Bavaria Holiday Kitchen in Germany. Citrus Blossom in Showcase Plaza. So that's not going anywhere. I wonder if it's because they sell a lot of the Orange Bird Sippers and it's a... Good revenue. I have uh, actually that orange blossom little booth has been open probably for about three years. I don't think they have moved it since because it's a, it's, it's a good location for like even just selling water and stuff, you know. It wasn't there during Festival of the Arts. No, you sure? Not last year, maybe this year, but not last year. I don't remember seeing it this year either, but. They have the orange cream shake. The souvenir orange bird. Super cute. They have the festival favorites, which is in the World Show Place. Yep, World Show Place. Yep. The holiday hearth, which is also in the World Show Place. Nice. Holiday sweets and treats at the Promenade Refreshments. Sweet. Which is basically like the refreshment fort. Yeah, next to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. La Chaim Holiday Kitchen, which is between Morocco and France. 
which is awesome because okay so once upon a time the food and wine festival had a scotland booth and it had a potato pancake with locks and dill creme fraiche and heaven and it was amazing and then they got rid of scotland but lachaim has the potato pancake which is served with locks and the same dill cream mm-hmm. cheese magical mesh so i'm very excited that's back and i am gonna butcher this name because it's in french but Lamarck de Noël Holiday Kitchen. Yeah, it sounded good to me. I don't think that's how it's pronounced, but it's in France. And the Mela Kaliki Maka, which uh, is going to be Hawaiian. Is the Hawaiian way to say Merry Christmas to you. Mela Kaliki Maka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Um, they also have Posadas Holiday Kitchen, which is in Mexico. Prost, which is in the World Showcase. Is it Prost or Prost? Prost, Prost. I don't know, but it has some beers. There is the Sapphire Holiday Kitchen, which will be in Morocco. The Shanghai Holiday Kitchen in China. The Shiwasu Holiday Kitchen in Japan. Tuscan Holiday Kitchen in Italy. The Yukon Holiday Kitchen in Canada. And then they will also have some funnel cakes, some fun offerings at the Joffrey's Coffee stands, and a couple things at the Refreshment Outpost and Refreshment Ports. Nice. So, kind of exciting. Usually at Joffrey's and the Outpost, they usually just have fancy drink options. Mm-hmm. And then a festival, I mean, like a fancy schmancy poutine at the Refreshment Port. Which it says, savor the flavor of holiday poutine and toast the season with specials like T.G. Lee eggnog with spice drop. Mm. T.G. Lee eggnog is the shiz. Homemade eggnog is the shiz. I've never had it before. Girl, I can make you some eggnog. Please. It's magical. It's not your typical, like, disgusting carton eggnog. It's magical. Well, you drink regular milk, so it's all the same to me. I'll drink eggnog before milk. Next, there are some holiday highlights that Disney Parks blog has released, which are a bunch of really awesome treats that are going to be in the parks. I'm going to highlight a couple that we have to get. Mm-hmm. So they have the magical orange bird Christmas. It's literally called An Orange Bird Christmas, and it is an orange-scented white chocolate mousse filled with orange curd. And I wanted this the last time it existed, and I was not in the parks for it. I believe it was two years ago, because they did not have it last year, else I would have gotten it. And it's so cute. It's a little orange bird, and it's magical. Yeah. It it needs to happen. I think the one positive thing for guests that this year are going to Magic Kingdom is that they can experience the, like, even during the Halloween stuff. It's to experience the food and the merchandise that you would normally get just during the parties. And the parades. Yeah, the parades And I'm too. sure there's going to be snow on Main Street for sure. Yeah, I hope so. But uh, one of the other things is the Twice Upon a Cupcake that they have at the Main Street Bakery that you were talking about, mm-hmm. which is at the Starbucks and Looks that is available cr- crazy tomorrow. Amazing. It's a funfetti Christmas tree that has green frosting on it, so it looks like a Christmas tree. But underneath the... It's not 100% frosting. Which normally that's what Disney does, mm-hmm. but it actually has 
fun a funfetti cupcake on top of it. And then it has a red velvet hidden Mickey inside of an Ella cupcake. Which is cool as hell. So you clearly have to cut the shit in half to make sure that there's actually a fucking hidden Mickey inside of it. But yep. what I find the most interesting mm-hmm. is the churro that is going to be available. Yep. It's called the Chippendale Christmas Churro. And it is a gingerbread churro that is topped with apple pie filling and chocolate chips. Now, Disneyland is usually the icon for incredibly magical, amazing churros. Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Disney World, not so much. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting to see this coming to Disney World. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there are amazing amazing treats that are coming but i honestly don't want to cover all of those until we have them in our bellies exactly which we will be having soon and then last but not least certainly not least because this was uh pretty insane but a uh disney world restaurants appeared to increase their indoor dining capacity there was a huge glitch on tuesday where tons of online reservations opened up And personally, I didn't realize that this was a thing. I got an alert that said there was a reservation available at Sci-Fi Diner. I slept in. By the time I woke up, the Disney website had already gone down to resolve this glitch. But uh, once I woke up and saw that the reservation was available, Disney reservation systems were down. Yeah, because it was like 7 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I rolled, rolled over and you're on your phone. Like, who are you talking to? And you're like, oh, I'm done. It was 9. It was like that. I heard the phone. But yeah, so I had gone to the website. And when I tried to make the reservation for... So it's Sci-Fi Diner that I wanted the reservation for. And one opened up. And by the time I tried to log in to access it, the only option that it was giving me was that I had another reservation at the same time, but it wasn't letting me cancel that one and complete the reservation. So I thought, okay, cool. Maybe if I just cancel this one that I already had, it'll let me book it. And then I did that. And then that was not the case. And I was freaking out because I canceled one of our honeymoon reservations to make a reservation that I couldn't get. So at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm on the phone and Jason's half asleep. And I am listening to Disney Hold Music trying to get... it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm on hold for an hour. And I, I finally get a human. And the first thing he says is, Disney dining reservations are down. We can't make reservations for you. Please try back. And I, okay, so as someone who's worked in customer service and knows when people call in and are very irate how frustrating it is because none of it's actually my fault, I was very understanding and I just, you know, asked, hey, I've been trying to make this reservation since 9 o'clock. I know you said it's going to be an hour before reservations are back up again, but they've already been down for an hour. So, like, what do you think? And he said, you know, just call back in an hour. So, I let it be. And I called back. mm, It was like an hour and a half, two hours later. And uh, I got another person on the phone. And, you know, she said it was unavailable again. And she gave me a little bit more insight into it. She said it was... uh, extensive it wasn't an overhaul uh, update i'm not exactly sure what the wording she used was but 
it was more in depth than it was supposed to be. And obviously they can't say, hey, there was a glitch, more reservations opened up than there should have been. Gotta fix that. Darn. Um, and I was like, I know I'm just panicking because I made this reservation and I, you know, was trying to make this reservation and I canceled the reservation and it's our honeymoon. And, you know, she was like, just be patient. And I, you know, responded with, no, 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 I know it's not your fault. Like, I know this, you know, has nothing to do with you. And, you know, I'm just curious when it's coming back up because, you know, that's when I want to make the reservation. Like, no worries. And she actually thanked me for my patience and my kindness which makes me think that a lot of people that she had talked to, that she had spoken to <clears throat> before me had were being a assholes. little bit more upset than I was. Um, and, you know, being someone who's worked in customer service and dealt with things like this before and experienced Disney a lot, you know, you understand things like this happen. And while it is our honeymoon, significantly more issues happened which we will talk about later in this episode than what i was dealing with at this very moment in time so i was super chill about it because it wasn't the worst thing that i dealt with Mm -hmm. um but it it was really cool to you know be thanked for that and to have been able to provide kindness to someone who probably had dealt with a lot of jerks but uh reservations opened back up and i was able to make the sci-fi diner reservation and i'm hoping that the reservation sticks because it was made after the glitch was fixed because i know what's going on now is anybody who made reservations while the glitch was happening all those reservations are being automatically canceled and for their trouble they were receiving a 25 dollar disney gift card so disney understands you know hey we screwed up we're not total assholes we want to acknowledge this so i think that's super cool because it's something that they did not have to do at all yeah i'm really curious like on a financial side of that how much that's going to cost them i mean long term wise you know it's beneficial but the only other reservation that i changed i double checked today to see that there was a reservation if there was a reservation time and there was a reservation time at the exact same time so i think that's the only one that we may have issues with and okay you know, whatever. If it happens, it happens. If we yeah. keep the reservation, it's awesome. And if we don't get it, it's not the end of the world. Yep. And we'll let you know when uh, that time comes. Yeah. No, we'll definitely let you know. Because obviously your email is linked to your reservation when you're making it. So I believe that's where they're sending the Disney gift card. But cool. But it's interesting to, to see that. Because I know. And, and I feel really bad because there were a lot of people in the Disney groups that I was a part of that were saying, you know, I canceled all my reservations to make these new reservations or, you know, there was all these reservations that I was trying to get this particular week and I got them all and it's amazing or um, travel agents that said, you know, I'd been trying to get these reservations for my client and I was finally able to and like, thank goodness. So it's really hard to see that, but I appreciate that Disney is doing something yeah. To rectify the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So anything else in the news happening? That's it. That's all I got for now. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of other news that's going to come up in the next couple of days, but yeah. that's yeah. what I got for now. And if you want some more insights into the holiday celebrations at all of the uh, Walt Disney World parks, you can go to the DisneyParksBlog.com website. We'll put the links in there. They've got a brief overview on everything that's going on. You can also go to the My Disney Experience app and... Uh, 
look at the calendar of events and all the things that are going on there too. Yeah, and uh, what's really cool is they've also, again, we'll go over this in a few minutes when we start talking about our, our honeymoon and the big bulk of our episode, but it's really cool that they've increased hours because they had decreased hours recently. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see that they're increasing it so that we get some, some nighttime hours yep. in the park. Disney is very fluid right now, that is for sure. So the biggest news, I think, mm-hmm. at Disney World. At the Walt Disney World property. Is the reimagination, redesign, of the iconic entrance sign. And I had an in-depth, extensive conversation with Amy about this, where I said I hate it. Hated it. And then delved into why I did not like it, and it's because it's 2D, whereas the real sign will be 3D. And I think it, I, I think it'll look good. I feel like it'll pop a little bit better than what they have going on now. The reason why I had such an issue with it is because it's the only Disney World sign that I've known. And driving under that archway is just so magical. But they are changing it to be gold and blue with some white accents. And behind Mickey and Minnie is just going to be a solid blue now Mm -hmm. instead of the weird pattern with the white and blue, which I think will make them pop a little bit more. I hate that there's no castle in the middle. Yeah, that's what I'm missing for, too. But, you know, the Disney World resorts are way more than just Magic Kingdom. I think the coolest thing about it, though, are the flags, like the iridescent kind of color they have. Like the the carnival bead, in a sense. It's very similar to, like... Because, like, so today, like, so I want... And I think... Sorry, real quick before you yeah, yeah. you continue. But I think that it will look a lot better once it's 3D because I'm kind of imagining what the current sign will look like with these new changes, and I, I don't hate it. I wonder if they're going to keep the Mickey and Minnie on both sides, like, welcome yeah. in. Uh, is that what the picture shows? Yeah, it's in the picture. Okay. The same exact Mickey and Minnie. It's just a better background. So, all right. So, now that we've got... So lots of the news currently happening covered. It's time for us to get into our uh, happily ever after segment. Potatoes. Yeah. Oh, happily ever after. So cute. Where we uh, talk about our upcoming trip and the fucking madness we had to deal with to make it happen. All right, now it's time for us to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, where we discuss our upcoming honeymoon that we're super excited about. Um, You may notice we do sound a little different, maybe a little more sober than. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in previous segments, because uh, we're recording this a couple days after the fact. It was like, like what, one thirty in the morning? <laughs> it was. We've had about two and a half hours of uh, recording that we're probably going to get about an hour out of, which is uh, always if fun. <laughs> it's always fun to edit. Uh, but that being said, we definitely uh, have had an emotional roller coaster these last two days with uh, yesterday being and finally figuring out and finding out who won the presidency, which we were uh, super excited about. And then finding out this morning that Alex Trebek passed away, which is uh, sad and tragic. And uh, his connection to Disney, that if you have been living under a rock forever, uh, you may not know this, but he played a major part in the uh, redoing, reimagining of Universe of Energy with Ellen. Did he ever read the um, Candlelight Processional? I actually think he did. That, that That sounds familiar. I can't say that I've seen him because of the over the years working there and trying to see everybody that's done you know done the the readings. Um, I want to say he did. It's a good question. 
but uh yeah so it's you know we're our hearts are, are a little heavy right now uh i've just like literally just came across the news about two hours ago and uh so it uh it's, it's uh kind of interesting i grew up and i know julie as well we're different ages by about 20 years but <laughs> not Am quite I 20 years older <laughs> yeah i can like it sometimes which is a good thing yeah, for for which one of us? <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I just remember growing up in the in the eighties into the nineties and uh, waking up or not waking up, but uh, you know, doing dinner and then we'd sit down and we'd watch Wheel of Fortune and then we'd watch Jeopardy. And uh, both my kids, uh, who are my daughter's twenty one or our daughter's twenty one and uh, son's thirteen, and uh, they both also grew up with Jeopardy. A lot of reruns, but also the current versions of it. And uh, we were all just kind of talking over the phone and just kind of just all sad that he has passed. But he fought a good fight. He found out that he had uh, pancreatic cancer at stage four, which is typically uh, when people just give up. And he's not one to give up, which is... Uh, you it's know. just unfortunate with pancreatic cancer, especially that late. It, there's really... Yeah, not, there's no do. cure. There's no yeah. nothing you can do about it, really. Yeah, so, you know, with the... With Chadwick and now Alex and the and the cancer being the reasoning, uh, just we all need to just make sure that when we go to the doctors, we do our annuals, uh, whether you're male or female. I know a lot of men uh, don't like going and getting their the finger in the ass and everything else in the process of doing annual checkups. But it's so important that we get annual checkups, if not every six months. I was going to say biannual, but that'd be two weeks. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Biannual is twice a year. Oh, is it? Biweekly. Is every other week. Well, that's why I thought biannual is like every two years. But yes, I believe he actually read last year. Did he? Huh. So anyways, we're rambling, but we just wanted to say, uh, you know, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. And uh, it's just a, a sad day for uh, history for Canada and for America. Because he, he was a... Uh, Canadian. Yeah, and an icon and will always be remembered and uh, forever being on TV. On, such uh, a Japan. great man, too. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of good charity work for the kids. Uh, he was the one that, I guess, approached the company about doing the children's versions of Jeopardy and the different tournaments and was kind of part of his production that he did for the show. So pretty cool stuff. So on a on a brighter note, uh, we do have our honeymoon coming up. Um, Six days. Yeah, we were supposed to be actually getting, Five days. getting married on the 13th, but because of COVID. Big family wedding. We already got married. Right, correct. We had a tiny ceremony with the kids, and it was magical and amazing on New Year's Eve. But we wanted to celebrate with the family and, you know, have my dad walk me down the aisle and all that stuff. And uh, unfortunately, my family is all from Massachusetts. So having them travel down here during the pandemic just didn't seem safe. Yeah. Yeah, especially right now, Orange County, the news is saying that uh, part of the spike in cases in this area is because of small gatherings that are going on. And then old, uh, you know, Buddy Buddy Dyer, I think is how you say his name, um, they thought it'd be fun to have a Halloween party in downtown Orlando, uh, allowing alcohol to be open container, which is not a normal thing. And they then admitted the next day that it was an experiment gone wrong. And I don't know what the hell they were thinking to begin with. I get it because people are just going crazy. They want to celebrate Halloween. Uh, however... Uh, you know, we all <laughs> we all got to just like understand that this year is not a year for celebrating. This year is a year for us all to stay safe and celebrate in ways that are safe. So hopefully now that Halloween, it's going to be another week or so for that two week mark from the day of Halloween. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyways, enough of the COVID talk. It's time for us to get into our honeymoon. Uh, if you remember a couple episodes, if, you have, if you're new to the show, uh, a couple episodes ago, we had talked about uh, Julie being on phone for like three days with 
uh, on hold with Disney. Wasn't this back in May or June? June. Yeah. We only were doing like one episode a month at that point. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So like two episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the fiasco that we had to deal with or, you know, my supporting her while she was on the phones. He slept. On hold. Um, but we finally were able to get through and got the reservations fixed. Some things were canceled. Some things were not. And uh, So all of our dining was canceled, which was tragic. Yeah. and all But understandable because everybody's dining was canceled. So it made a, you know, fair ground for anybody making reservations for their upcoming trip. So totally understand that. But yeah. And on top of the, the dining plan that we had. Which was going to save us a ton of money. And I've seen people actually posting on Twitter um, whether or not they should, you know, once the dining plan becomes available again, if it does, whether they should go that route. And for us, after we were doing the math on stuff, for what you get from the dining plans, it was probably going to, in the amount of time we're staying there, which is like eight days, seven nights, eight days, um, it would probably would have saved us over $1,000. What's interesting, or what I what I think would be a good idea, would be if they... You know, after your 60-day mark hits and you make your dining reservations, if at that point you still want to do the dining plan, you should be able to. But Jason pointed out that they're probably just trying to, you know, make some money back right now. Yeah, that's what it seems like. But but also, they're, the menus are limited. They're not like the full restaurant menus. But if I choose that I still want the dining plan, seeing the menus and knowing what I've made for reservations, I still think that should be an option. Yeah, I think it's just Disney being fiscally responsible, in a sense, and trying to recoup their money even though uh old chapek took has a full salary again as we all are aware and if you're not aware that's uh part of the blowback from uh, disney laying off uh their whatever you know several thousand cast members and then chapek takes a full pay uh, which is kind of frustrating but you know it is what it is so we don't want to get too much negative talk on here as we uh try to stay positive but we do have our hot takes on stuff we're not afraid to say how we feel so so that being said, babe, um, honeymoon coming up, and we are very excited. We're going to be checking into the Kidani Villas. Initially had a reservations for the actual Animal Kingdom Lodge Safari View, and because of the Savannah Animal Kingdom View. Lodge, oh yeah, Savannah View, sorry, is not open right now, um, they were gracious to upgrade us. Well, I mean, literally upgrade us to the Kidani, and um, which we we're excited about. I've, I've, th- for me personally, this is my longest stay, which I had mentioned earlier, um, on Disney property for a vac- for an actual Disney vacation. And uh, as a cast member, we go through um, a little bit of a training that we that they kind of give us some orientations and stuff. It's called Traditions. And they cover a lot of Disney history, um, but also just give you insights into why it is so important that as a cast member, you treat every single day that you work as if it's the very first day that the park opened, that these guests that are visiting, it's like their very first time ever coming to the park. And you got to make the magic for them every single day in that sense and that mentality. And... Part of this back nine years ago when I did my traditions, um, we found out that a family of four literally will save up for five years to come visit Disney for a week because it costs about $10,000 minimum for a family of four to stay. These days in 2020, a lot of families have three kids. And um, so there's that extra expense, especially now with ticket prices being what they are. Especially? Especially, especially, I like to put a X in there. Uh, with the say especially again, uh, especially now with the ticket prices being what they are, uh, hours being cut, and the magic not being what it was pre-COVID. Even though it's still pretty fucking magical right now, I agree. It's not necessarily worth spending the money for some people. For some people who who can't necessarily afford it. If you're going to be saving up on a budget, 
I would definitely wait until there's a vaccine or there's treatment of some sort so Disney can open up like it used to be, which is probably going to be two to three years from now, especially for Disney on a financial side of things. I mean, you know, we talked about earlier about Disneyland bringing back 400 plus cast members. And I know a lot of these cut these, these cast members that were it's 200 plus. Okay. Well, I know the cast members that were recently laid off that were union cast members. They're actually still on Disney, on Disney books and contracts until 2022. So that means when they, when they are recalled to come back, um, if they choose to, they don't lose their seniority and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, I, you know, we're, we're excited. It's going to definitely cost us a little bit more than we initially anticipated. But the overall experience we're going to have, um, I think for us, it's going to be an amazing th- experience. Um, it's also going to allow us to really go through the whole process of staying on property for a week and taking the buses and going back and forth to the restaurants and getting off property and on property and really seeing the sights and sounds so we can come back and share all this information with you. And we will be posting and, and doing some stuff. Because I've done, you know, week trips, longer trips, but right. nothing since COVID that has been longer than, you know, like a day or two yeah. in the parks. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if it's, you know, I like to spreadsheet my trips and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see if it's as well oiled of a machine as pre-covid yeah i think for julie too her biggest uh excitement is going to see if i can actually last eight days <laughs> on a vacation at disney because it's for me it's my first time doing it i've i think the most i've stayed on property was for three days like two nights yeah maybe maybe three nights and, two, and four days During i want to like, see if he can handle all the food yeah we'll be taking lots of, do- lots of doggy bags <laughs> except for the all you, all you can uh care to eat places you know, but anyways, so uh, what's what's the uh, information you want to share, babe? I know you have some stuff you want to talk about. Well, so one thing that has like super stressed me out over the last week is last Tuesday, Disney had a glitch in their system and it released a bunch of reservations for places that weren't actually available. And so I've been hearing a lot of people still talking about how, you know, they've had reservations for a long time and they're, they're still being canceled. So I've been checking our reservations virtually every day to make sure that we were not in that group because they've already been canceled on us once so i'm hoping that that doesn't happen again because that's the last thing i need because i worked really hard to get these reservations too which which you also worked hard to sit my ass down on the couch next to you and help you uh pick reservations which of he was not super helpful um i was like hey babe i want you to be a part of this honeymoon planning and you're like i don't want to look at menus before i go i just want to go pick things so and to be like okay listen what are we doing be a part of this uh so it's actually really cool we got some so i know most of these places jason probably hasn't eaten Mm -hmm. at but what's really cool is i last time i think i picked a lot of places where i have eaten before just because i know that they're good but this time because one a lot of those places aren't even open now i had to come up with some other creative options and I was able to pick some restaurants that I even haven't tried yet. So I think that's super cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the, that adventure part of it too. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause I know like Jason, have, you've never done the California grill. No. So that's an awesome. Not that dinner. I know of. Um, sci-fi diner. I finally got a reservation for that. Jason hasn't been able to do that. We are doing STK brunch, which one, I didn't even know was a thing. <coughs> But when the Yachtsman was closed, I was trying to look for another like fancy steakhouse 
steakhouse to do for dinner and i saw that they had brunch and i decided on brunch there instead because it looks amazing yeah hopefully we can get set out back yeah like outside on the balcony there yeah that would be awesome but i know uh like il mulino is the fancy dinner that i picked instead of the yacht club which is in the swan or dolphin uh so that's gonna be awesome and then we have Paddlefish, Edison for drinks. We have Ale and Compass, which I've done for breakfast, but never for dinner. I know you haven't done Be Our Guest or Tiffin's, mm-hmm. so those are the good ones. Topolino for breakfast. The Wave, I've never done. We're doing that for breakfast. Yeah, I heard it's amazing. Chef Art's Homecoming for yeah, brunch. I'm excited about that. Now, all, don't they have all, awesome. all the mimosas you can drink too there or something? Uh, you can get, uh, like, they have a bottle, like a moonshine bottle. Okay. That you can get refills of. It's not. I don't know if it's free refills, but you can get refills for cheaper. Um, and then Whispering Canyon I've done for dinner, but we're doing for breakfast, so that'll be a lot of fun. That's Haleo. Whispering Canyon's at the Fort Wilderness? Wilderness Lodge. Okay. And uh, Haleo should be fun. La Haciendas de San Angel is something that Jason really wanted to do. So I made sure we got that reservation. So there's there's definitely a lot of really good food that will be happening. And then we're drinking around the world one day. And then we have a hotel day <laughs> the day after to recover. Yeah, and the drinking around the world day, too. That's going to be something that we're going to be talking about afterwards. Because um, I've done it before. I don't. Julie has kind of done it, but not a, like an official drink around the world before. So it's going to be a fun experience to like take her around and um, have that experience. It's something that her and I have actually wanted to do since we started talking like the very beginnings of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I typically myself, when I've done it, I don't usually remember past Japan on a, like mentally wise because you go from tequila to some kind of kung fu punch to some beers. And you then forget Norway. Yeah, I get beers in Norway typically but eventually you get to japan and then you're doing sake but it's interesting because it's food and wine now too so are we doing all those as well or are we just sticking to the big countries well when i did it the first time it was during food and wine and we kind of bounced around like if we were in like so we did japan sake and then i got a beer in japan and that beer ruined it for me for about an hour and a half or so so we ended up going and getting our dinner reservation in italy which I don't really remember too much about the dinner. I know it was amazing, and we had all of us guys just were being silly in there, you know, uh, enjoying our meals, and then sobered up a little bit, which is always something I recommend. And that's something again we're gonna get into, like a good strategic plan on how to affect, uh, uh, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Effectively. Effectively, yes. Do a drink around the world without being stupid, because like having been there and especially in mexico working wise witnessing one all the people that are getting kicked out now about the masks and things like that for starters yeah but the, on but, top of yeah and like saturday is like the one day that i don't recommend drinking around the world if you're good unless you don't have any options because that's typically when all the college kids are in and especially right now with the way that things are happening with the crowds there even though it's 25 percent capacity they're all at the world showcase um, weekdays is the way to do it, which is we're doing that on a weekday. We do have a, a weekend Saturday, the for our first Saturdays at Epcot, uh, but we're not going to be drinking around the world for that one. We're going to be avoiding the crowds in a sense. No, but for our drink around the world day, it is um, we have Le Cellier kind of in the middle of the day to yeah. have some steak, get some water, maybe some potatoes, you know, cheese, soak up all, <laughs> all that alcohol so we can finish the day out strong yeah and then at the end of the night we are doing bread service at sanaa 
to have that bring back to the hotel room and kind of nibble on that whatever we all finish do for breakfast you know start the next morning and yeah. then uh we have a nice relaxing hotel day yeah the day after to recover yes we still have dining reservations though but. and we and if i could talk julia into it we may record an episode that day on our hangover day hotel day It'd be a good day to do it kind of give like a, a mid day you know midweek recap in a sense or something like that you know but uh yeah, and and something that you know Julia had mentioned before earlier was you know if you're if, and, and I'm sure you listening to this you're probably the same kind of like we are patient people, um, but pass the word on to friends and family who aren't as patient that if they're calling Disney and they're dealing with reservation services and the people there, that they are patient with them because there's people that are just like us that are sitting at home and they're dealing with thousands upon thousands of calls weekly, of irate people that are having things canceled, and it's not their fault. Then I got a. I I had actually called in just to see if the reservation systems were back up, and you know, was like, hey, no worries. You know, I know it's not you. I was just calling to check in, and she actually thanked me for my patience and kindness because I guess the majority of people that calling in were calling in were not yeah being as gracious. Yeah, exactly. But we're excited. We're excited to share the fun and the adventures because um, we know a lot of you out there that are listening to this all over the world, uh, much less here in the states, aren't able to travel right now. Um, I know Disney's really been focusing on people that live in like a four or five state radius in a sense around the area with discount offers and stuff like that to really get people in and talking to guests there are people that are flying in and driving in a lot of people coming in from central and south america but most people are driving in and they're coming in from alabama the carolinas from georgia Um, a lot of people are coming in from new jersey which is interesting so and ohio too ohio is always a I mean, just for Florida, you probably don't know this, Julia, but I-10 goes from straight from Ohio to Florida. So, like, spring... Okay, so that's, like, super easy to just straight shot down. Yeah, so, like, spring break, like, whenever I was, like, on the beaches meeting all the cute girls, we were always asking them where they're from. And usually we would say, hey, are you from Ohio? And then we'd give them some bullshit story that we were from Ohio, too, and go on these tangents. We had all kind of fun stories we'd make up. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. And we'd be curious, too, if, uh, you know... As someone listening to the show, if you've had an extended stay at Disney more than a couple of days, if you've had a honeymoon there or celebrated an anniversary of some sorts, uh, we'd love to know. We'd love to have this discussion further. And uh, you can hit us up over there on the email at fyadsny at gmail.com. And we have actually had some people reaching out to us, which we enjoy the emails, uh, whether it's just giving us some heads up about our audio or just talking to us about the show and stuff. It's uh, We always appreciate the conversations that we have. And uh, we're excited to continue those conversations. And also, uh, just one other thing I wanted to say before I forgot, because I keep forgetting to say this, is thank you to all of our new followers on Instagram. Uh, we just went through a whole couple weeks of gaining a ton, ton of new followers. And uh, we're very appreciative of those that are taking the time to stop by our Instagram and say hey and and uh, show some love. Definitely, for sure. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and because of that, we do uh, are going to be celebrating with a giveaway of some things we've been collecting over the last few months uh, for the one day that we're going to be doing a giveaway. Um, also, something we wanted to discuss during this segment, too, was the fact that we are nearing the holidays, and uh, there are tons and tons and tons of cast members right now that are without jobs. And so we're going to be doing some auctions here pretty soon of some Disney merch, uh, exclusive park merch, things that you cannot get anywhere else except for in the parks, uh, stuff that's not I don't even think is available on the websites either, um, whether it's popcorn buckets, uh, t-shirts, some different fun merchandise. Um, we figured instead of us personally just donating the money, we would then pick up merchandise 
to offer to you all um, as a auction sense. And then 100% of the proceeds that we raise from the auctions are going to go directly to the cast member funds. Um, and there's a couple of them out there that are doing it. Um, also, look in the show notes for the episode, too, because uh, they have a Facebook page now. Um, all the artists, photographers, seamstresses, you name it. Anybody and everybody that had some kind of talent that worked at Disney. Because Disney, I'm, like, I'm, I'm always amazed by my fellow cast members that are just doing sales, the talents that these people have. Like, I have some artwork that I have in my house or in our house. Um, that was I did some little bartering trades with my fellow cast members and just so talented. Um, so there's lots of things out there that these people are offering. So we'll make sure that link is out there as well because we definitely want to help them as much as we possibly can, uh, being that they're my fellow cast members, but also people that were there to give the magic and um, unfortunately, uh, you know, against their will and not their fault, they, they lost their positions and hope to get them back soon. So stay tuned for more information on our Instagram. And again, you can follow us on Instagram over at FYAT underscore Disney. And we'll have all those links in the show notes for you. So definitely go down, scroll down the link and check it out. So anything else on the honeymoon stuff, honey? Did we, did we kind of cover the, the basis? I don't know. There's a lot of food and treats and merchandise and decorations that I'm you know, definitely looking forward to. Because the last time we were in the park, it was... Because the last time we were in the park, it was... Halloween. Yeah. So it'd be nice to have the Christmas decorations and kind of get in the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to see the, the projections the other day in person. And it's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm definitely excited for guests that are going to be visiting and get to see this. It's a, it's a it's a change. It's different from the fantasy lights or the dream lights that they were on the castle. Um, something I miss and I loved every year, just getting off work and looking down Main Street when it was empty and seeing that castle just beautifully lit up. And magical. I don't know, though. I, I, I was thinking the other night, I don't think that those lights would look as good on the pink as they would on the previous kind of tannish blue that the castle used to be. I mean, like I had my take earlier about that. I really am not a fan of the the pink. But uh, I'm kind of curious. So hopefully I think it'll be extra pretty because it might look purple. <laughs> Your favorite color. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that... Uh, and purple is still a cool color. So it would still work with the whole yeah, that's true. Icicles, yeah, yeah, and they also would project lights up onto the castle that were like the blue tones, and then the, they would change the tones of the castle throughout the night from like purples and blues and white and stuff. Kind of exactly. like when they do like the kiss good night at yeah. the end of the night, except of like brighter colors because it's snow. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well. There you go. We did a little rambling about our upcoming honeymoon. And again, we'll definitely get into more details as we are there and experiencing it in person with you. Sharing some of our memories with you guys, too. Now, So now it's time for us to get into our fun food segment where we're going to talk about some wackiness out there in the world of Disney culinary with what the Forky Foods. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Shoots ah. <gasps> and ladders. All right, so now it's time for us to get into what the forky foods. Sometimes we talk about like what the fuck kind of forky foods, or like. But this one is a what the fuck. For her, it is. I have a, a hot take that <laughs> on this myself. Do you? Yeah, I do. But we'll let Julie uh, get into this since she is the culinary expert in this whole thing. And uh, even though I'm becoming more of a culinary expert as I watch more of the best uh, the British baking show and get my ass in the kitchen and cook things for us. Uh, but yes, yeah, Disney has recently released some of their new offerings. 
And uh, some of the third parties also that are out there at Disney Springs have some fun new offerings too, which is what she's going to get into. So I'm very excited. So, okay. Here's the deal. I am very excited about this. And I'm also kind of disappointed about this. Like optimistically, optimistically cautious? You know I'm not a huge fan of like super sweet things. So mm -hmm. this is a little disappointing to me. So, Emirates now has a child dome cake. Sorry, I couldn't think of what it was called there for a second. A dome cake. It's a mini one. It's adorable. He's it's, green. And by mini, she means small. Well, <laughs> yes, I already said it was Baby Yoda. I know. So it is super, super adorable. It's green. It has little green ears sticking out of it. It has a little adorable doughy eyes and kind of a little wrap that symbolizes his cape outfit thing of sorts. Now, the flavor of this... Okay, so now here I want to step back to another What the Forky food that I believe we talked about earlier where they had a lovely key lime pop dipped in blue mm -hmm. white chocolate, which, why? It's key lime. Yep. So in this instance, you would think, oh, adorable green baby Yoda, let's make it green apple. Even, even not green apple, even just cinnamon apple or apple pie would be a delicious filling that i feel like would appeal to the masses and or and something seasonal too yeah exactly and that would be seasonal or key lime because it's fucking green yeah that's my thing exactly i'm sure it's delicious but <laughs> it is a vanilla chiffon cake with white chocolate mousse cookies and cream mousse and a cookie crumble so the cookie crumble is kind of inside and then there's like chocolate mousse around it that's apparently cookies and cream mousse, which I'm wondering tastes if it tastes similar to the gray stuff. But where it's Emirates, it's probably a little bit different. So what's the green then? What's the, the flavor? The green is just the the glaze. It's not flavored anything. Okay. It's just for the look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a, it's a glaze that they pour over it and it's like a gelatin mixed with coloring and stuff, I believe. Okay. Um, like they did with all the other ones, like the Mickey and things like that. Um, I don't believe our wedding cake, the R2-D2, had a glaze on it. I think it was just the buttercream and then the fondant. Yeah, it wasn't shiny at all. On it. Um, it was sparkly. It had some sparkliness to it, though, like some glitter or something. I don't know. We'll take a look at pictures. Yeah. So my biggest issue of this is the white chocolate mousse. Now... Mousse is basically whipped cream mixed with chocolate. There's more to it, but let's just talk about the base flavors. Like That's what you taste. So I'm sure it's better than just eating white chocolate because I love whipped cream and I love a good mousse, but it just seems way too sweet for me. And white chocolate is my least favorite of all the chocolates ever. But I think I would enjoy the center the cookies and the cream sounds good and jason actually when i told him the flavors of this was the one that originally commented key lime which i totally understand and was thinking the same thing but i feel like the cookies and cream because it's baby yoda and they're trying to appeal to 
children mm-hmm. as well as adults obviously i feel like the cookies and cream was their way to appeal to the masses yeah because not everybody is a tart tarty kind of person <clears throat> like i i love the sweets and the richness like the richer the better but a key line to me is is on that almost savory side even though it's not it's just sour but yeah, I mean, this, there's sweet, sour, salty. Yeah. Um, it just seems like a mind fuck, though. Like, you know, it's like ha- someone hand you a glass of tea and you think it's Coke. And you or think when they had, like, the green ketchup and the purple ketchup. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. <laughs> when I take a sip of milk and think it's Mountain Dew, was that <laughs> my <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened. You must have had your eyes closed or something. I was just expecting it to be one thing and it was the other thing. It's not like I didn't know what it was. I just, in my brain, normally drank the other with what I was eating and it was mm-hmm. a mess up. Um, even something Christmassy like gingerbread would be delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I know obviously they're not going to do pumpkin pie because they already had the the Mickey pumpkin one, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you cut Baby Yoda in half, he's like looks like cookies and cream on the inside. But it doesn't even look like cookies and cream. Well, I mean, like Baby it Yoda. It looks like a white chocolate like dome. It looks like a dark uh, do- dark chocolate dome, and then there's cake on the bottom. Even the cake, like white chiffon, could you be any more boring? Vanilla chiffon. Well, maybe like you said, they're trying to appeal to everybody, so the kids included. Because their their key lime pie tarts that they have there are out of this world. I'm just, just I, I love key lime anything, so I, I was really just hoping that that's what it would be. What are the ears? White chocolate. Uh, they're probably just fondant. They might be white chocolate. Hmm. I know with the mini ones, they were white chocolate that we. Painted with cocoa butter, but these um, it's, it's pretty it's it's pretty adorable. I mean, it it passes the adorable test. It's hard to tell from the picture. I'm just really curious how it's, it's going to pass the the palette test, which we will definitely be getting one. Yep, we have a plan too, and they sell out early, so we are literally going seconds before it opens. <laughs> our SDK brunch reservation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. <clears throat> I need to buy uh, some stretchy pants to wear on our vacation. <laughs> we tried losing weight before we go so we could look good in our pictures. and then Half of us did. Yeah. Half of, half of me and half of her. That makes one person. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're, we're definitely stoked, though, either way. Something new, something fun. That A new are. resort neither of us have stayed at. Yeah. Yeah, overall, it's going to be a good time. I have... Fancy masks that I made. I made Jason a little tuxedo mask. We're going to have cute little matching Rapunzel and Flynn masks. We're going to have some Just Married masks. It's going to be super cute. Yeah, she's definitely trying to embarrass me this entire trip, which I'm fine with. I just go along with, with whatever she wants to do. And then a couple of days, she'll be going along with what I want to do. She's shaking her head now. I'm kidding. We'll find out. Hey, we're drinking around the world for you and going to La Hacienda for you. Yep. And sci-fi. Yep. And Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. Well, speaking of sci-fi, we wanted to also bring up the new uh, Q system um, outside of the food talk that uh, Disney just offered for uh, the um, Rise of Resistance. Like, Galaxy's Edge bought two. What the fuck is this ride called? <laughs> uh, Rise of Resistance. Something that neither one of us have gone on. She's been. To, she's had a chance to go, but she didn't because she's a great wife and waited for me. And my, my pass to get in has been blocked out for like 10 years. And uh, so we're excited to go, but they definitely changed the reservation system. Because I know part of the issue that they're still having with crowds at Hollywood Studios, because it's a tight park, is those early morning crowds. 
um, which has been an issue since this ride opened. And so they decided to change things. Yep. So now starting November 3rd, you can make a reservation starting at 7 a.m. from your hotel. So theoretically, the only way that you can make a reservation is if you're on property, you have a ticket, and you have a reservation for that day. You can go. You can do it from home too. You don't have to be on property to do the to do the the queue thing. But the, you have to have a park. You have to have a park reservation for the day. The issue is that people in Wisconsin and Ohio and other places have been like, "Oh, let me see if I can try it from home." And there's no way to cancel. Mm-hmm. Your boarding pass. So all these people are trying from places don't have reservations, and are still getting reservations, and you know, making it so people that are there are not able to. So there are still some glitches they're trying to work on. But yeah, I'm, I would think that before they launched this thing, which they did on I think Friday that just passed was when it started. Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday was it? Okay. November third. Okay. Okay. But I've read since then that there's still issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know, like my buddy John was going to go and uh, try and get a reservation so he can get some take some pictures of the ride and stuff before he went out to work. So I got to get a follow up from him to see if he was able to do it. But anyways, if you can't get a reservation in the morning, they still then open up more reservations at two in the afternoon um, for those that are. In, but you have to be in the park at that point in time to be able to make the reservations at two o'clock. So if you're visiting Hollywood Studios and you can't get a a, a ride. Uh, Boarding pass for Rise of Resistance first thing. And then you are obviously planning on going to the park that day. While you're there, you can then try at 2 o'clock to get a queue um, or a boarding pass. What I think this is great is it just avoids that first of the morning rush. And I wonder if there's going to be a rush at 2 p.m. now. There might be. But I think by then, because it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's not a half-day park per se for us it could be a half day park because we've been there a million times i feel like it used to be a half day park but now that there's mickey's runaway railroad railroad railway Railway. there's slinky dog there's all of batu i feel like it's become a park that you can spend more than just a half a day in yeah I, i would say that of all the parks it's the park that i'm the least familiar with even though I know that place like the back of my hand, I know that there's still so much that's like windows and little hidden things, like little fun to do's that you know were that I still haven't known known about, you know, or what have you. I've never set foot into ba- Backlot Express. Huh? Really? We haven't had lunch there. Mm-hmm. I swore we had lunch there when we were visiting. Nope. I'm uh, pretty sure that's over to the left where the uh, Jedi Training Academy was. Yep. Never been there. I don't know where we ate that day. I hope you don't mind me going on Star Tours while you're uh, getting us some beers over at the the bar. Since you don't do Star Tours. I do not. It was an awful experience. I mean, okay, first off, Star Tours. Star Tours is awesome. That is not why it was an awful experience. I just get very motion sick and got extremely motion sick on that ride. Yeah. Although I kind of want to try it again. Yep. I wouldn't mind you going with me. I just don't want it to ruin the day. So that being said, I don't know what else we got to talk about. I think we'll just keep on rambling. We want to do, uh, just kind of wrap up the show, come back and finish our recording. I wanted to do an in-detail talk about our honeymoon plans, but I'm apparently not allowed to do that. So, Well, you can if you want. I just don't know if they want to listen to it. 
Or maybe it's just that I don't want to listen to it because I've been listening to it for six months. <laughs> I'm just really excited about all the food options that we're we're getting to try. It's interesting because... <laughs> so as helpful as my husband was, most of the conversation about where to eat was still with Amy. Mm-hmm. Which is, she's my Disney wife. She's who I go to Disney with. I have the, the Disney podcast, One Little Spice with her. And uh, <laughs> because the menus have changed so much, I still have to kind of go in three or four or five times, look at them and be like, do I, do I, is this really where I want to go? Wait, I know we had a conversation about this. Which between the two of these did I decide? Because this one looks really good now. And she's like, no, 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 you pick the other one. This is the reason why. Um, so it, it's kind of funny that... Uh, well, it is a trip with my husband, mm-hmm. I needed help from my Disney wife making decisions. But uh, no, I'm super excited. There are a couple places that we had to book reservations for that we're probably just going to get drinks. But because of the capacity issues and things like that, we had to make reservations. Um, I think the big thing for me that I'm concerned about is friday we have a reservation the last friday we have a reservation at disney springs but it's at 5 20. i'm just worried that disney springs will hit capacity but i guess they were saying that if you take a bus from like once the parking garage is closed you can't park there anymore mm-hmm. but if you take a bus from your resort you may have to wait in a little queue, but you're still allowed access. So I'm hoping that that is the only issue. And I know that the day that we're doing Haleo... Well, if we're going to anywhere, we're taking the bus. Yeah. Um, but that's our second Magic Kingdom day. And I know we're planning on you know doing a late night in the park on... Because we have an earlier dinner reservation. Yep. On the first night that we do Magic Kingdom. So I think we'll be okay because we'll have the whole morning and then uh we have our lunch at be our guest and then some more of the afternoon so i think we'll have plenty of time in magic kingdom because technically we have three magic kingdom days but one of the magic kingdom days is our hotel day so if we don't feel like going we can cancel that one Mm -hmm. but i just wanted to make a reservation for that day just in case we feel up to to doing a park that day yeah. And I'm then I got us an Olga's reservation. Yeah, it's one of the ones I'm most excited about for sure. And I've been there twice. I got to go there during my pass holder preview. There was like no line, no waiting, and I like booked it right in. I was allowed two drinks. Drinks at 8 a.m. And I bought two drinks and had two souvenir cups, which is good because that means we don't have to buy any more souvenir cups. Mm-hmm. But they do have the cute little tusks that the beer flight comes in though. It's quite good quality. Yeah. I don't... Did they bring those back? Because I know that they were out for a while. Were they? I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out when we get there. But um, the drinks are super fun there. They have a couple... They have a couple food options. It's not a place that you would go to have a meal, but they have some cute options there that are very creative and very delicious, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make you try the meringue with... You have to make me say anything. The trimula sauce, because... I accidentally did that, and it wasn't half bad. So basically, they, they give you these little meringue uh, pieces that are piped to look like some sort of like crazy 
outer space nonsensical madness deliciousness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, let me dip this thing into the tremula, which is um, basically like a spicy Indian salsa in a sense. And uh, yeah, I was not expecting that. But it turned out to be delicious because the sweet and the spicy went well together. But yeah, that was definitely not what was supposed to happen. But it was delicious, so I'm going to make you do that. Hey, I'll give it a try. <sighs> Excuse me. And then it was interesting because on the last day, uh, well, on our our Hollywood studio day, I had the hardest time deciding between Hollywood and Vine and Mama Melrose because I love the atmosphere of Mama Melrose. And I know, I don't know, have you ever been there? Yeah. So that's, that's one of our go-tos at Hollywood. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, so I couldn't decide between Mama Melrose and Hollywood and Vine because both of the limited menus look pretty good. But I thought Hollywood and Vine, one, I've never been. And two, they will have the holiday mm-hmm. characters, which I feel like we couldn't pass up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Santa Goofy. So I think that'll be super fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, Mama Melrose is really good, especially because they have the oven-fired pizzas in there. You can smell them all day while they're making them. It's we're not going to Mama Melrose. Oh, we're not? We're doing Okay. We're doing Hollywood and Vine because that's where oh, the yeah, characters yeah. are. Like said. Yeah. But also, one thing about it, which I was thinking about Pizza Rizzo's, is the Muppets are back as a temporary uh, comeback to Magic Kingdom during the holidays. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. It's pretty rad. So we shall see. And now they're going to be closing the Hall of Presidents to uh, bring in uh, Mr. Joe Biden, our 46th president of the United States. And uh, Hillary Trump will be in there. I don't know, hopefully with no quotes. I wonder if they'll take the spikes off the front of the stage. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would think so by now. The decorative spikes. Yeah, now we can actually go see the show again. Because I haven't seen that show in four years. Yep. Five years. Same. Yeah. Crazy. So on that note, I think it's time for us to rock and roll. We do appreciate you listening to us rambling about all things fun and exciting about Disney and all our trips coming up. And we will have way more updates about the honeymoon because apparently I'm not allowed to talk any more about it. Yeah, because we'll have a five-hour show and I have to edit this thing. It already takes me long enough as it is. And uh, if you are new to listening to us, we do appreciate you coming on and listening. Uh, if you could give us a like and some kind of rating on iTunes if you use an iPhone on the Apple Podcast app. Also, please subscribe to the show and share with your friends out there. You can find us on the social medias on Twitter and uh, Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram at FVA underscore Disney. And we're on Facebook, which we are not active. I mean, Julie's on Facebook all the time, but just not active in our FVA group. Well, we don't have an FVA group. We just have the FVA page yeah, and everything page. that gets posted on Instagram gets yeah. shared there. So if you are not an Instagrammer, you'll get all the updates on Facebook. Yeah. So you can find us on Ed there at FVA Disney. Um, if you want us to start a group, you know, it'd be fun to have a conversation, uh, talking adult things about Disney stuff. Um, also, uh, we just posted our history of the Haunted Mansion episodes. We did a two-part series on the Haunted Mansions. Had a lot of fun producing and recording and all that fun stuff. Um, if you love the Haunted Mansion as much as we do, you definitely will enjoy those shows. We had maybe, a lot of fun with those episodes. Yeah, maybe some things that you didn't know about by listening to them. And if you I certainly your, learned a lot of new stuff. Did you? Awesome. And if you need your fix uh, for the Haunted Mansion, just the soundtracks, and we take you on—we actually take you on the rides, and uh, give you some insights into the actual uh, what's going on with the rides and the history of it and everything. So definitely check those out. And all of our history episodes that we do are family-friendly too, so they uh, do not have the censored adult rating on there that they are explicit. Uh, they because, might because I don't think there's a way to unexplicit them. Oh yeah, you can. Oh, there is. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. I go through and do it. 
Um, yeah, so we want to make we want to make sure that any of the history ones that are you know are family friendly because it's important to us that you know yeah, everybody no, the his the Hisney the the Hisney of the history. Yes. All right. So thank you so much for listening, and we hope you guys have a wonderful, magical week. I uh, hope we can all sit back and catch our breath as we get into Thanksgiving here pretty soon, and that you're staying safe, keeping your hands washed, keeping social distance, wearing masks, and uh, not being an asshole, most importantly. And until next time, as the great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. If you would like to join a jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee.